He is the one that gives us faithful promises, that give us the confidence to be content in you, Father. Thank you for all these hearts. Thank you for all these students that are here and just want to make you, make you Lord of their lives, Father. And I pray that this class would be a small piece that you use to help them make that, those decisions. And I know, Father, that every single person in this room has a plan specifically from you that you want for their lives. And I know that contentment is a huge part of us being able to follow your will and not our own. I pray, Father, that you would just filter your message through Alyssa and I. I know that you, you want us here to speak specifically what's on our hearts and what you've prepared us to say, Father. And so we just pray for courage. We pray for confidence. We love these people, and, and we know that they love us, Father. And so we're just going to go into your words and just go through it together and watch you move in a powerful, powerful way. We love you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, so there's some people coming in behind you, so please just proceed. People can sit wherever. But So we just wanted to start out and ask, you know, what – obviously you don't come to a contentment class because you're a master of contentment, right? Like this is – y'all are probably some of the most willful and just know what you want kind of people. And you're like, all right, I need to – I need to swallow a dose of contentment and be humble. And so I just want to get some feedback from you guys. You know, what is your issue with contentment? What makes contentment so hard for you and why you even wanted to come to this class? Yeah. I think I just have a really comparative nature. Mm. Um, and so often I can just look at, okay, so this person has this, or this person can do this. And instead of like, okay, this is the lot that God has given me and I'm grateful for it, yeah. I'm really deep in trouble with it. Amen. Amen. Right. Speak loud enough so everyone can hear. Yeah, I got you. No, I got it. I, got it. Um, I feel like I'm. Uh, I just don't. I don't feel like in my mind. I think I think of settling for something. I think of settling for just just mm. that. Not being able to move forward, have more, yeah. just that thing. But um, I think I I see it the right way. Yeah. Mm. Amen. That's fake. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times I get caught up in my own selfish ambition. Mm. I feel like, like how Rodney was setting. I feel like I have to almost. Yeah. Like give that up and to. Yeah. And like be able to keep be content. Yeah. When that's not a lot of the case, I feel like there's a lot of times the pride and self-sufficient that mm-hmm. feels like I can't have the things that I feel like the world can offer me and not right. uh, ministry. Yeah, wow, that's deep. That's good, sister. Yeah, um, I live in the future, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just always like, okay, like, I want this, like, I want to see this, and I'm never content with, like, where God puts yeah. me now. Like, I'm yeah. always like, yeah. what's next, what's next, what's next, yeah. working to what's next. Yeah. And, I just need to work on like being present and being mm-hmm. here and being just real with the yeah. With yeah. Yeah. You know, contentment is so much about the journey, but not so much the destination. I think that was a great point. So many of us can just live for what's next, yeah. what's in the future. Yeah, Duny. Um, I think I can be really circumstantial, where. Yeah, Tony. Um, I think just the balance of like desire, but still being content through that mm. desire. Like, okay, yeah, desire it's big. Come from God, and like, it's not yeah. a bad thing, but that doesn't mean I need to be discontent yeah. while waiting. But. Yeah. How do you process godly ambition with contentment? How do you how do you yeah. marry those two together? Did you have a hand up, bro? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I was like raised in like a really like neo Pentecostal background, mm-hmm. so it's like a lot of there's just a whole lot of emphasis on feelings mm-hmm. and just listening to your heart and uh, getting to this place where uh, it just feels like a lot of it is just like what can God give to me, 
And so what can I give to God? Mm. And so trying to learn to be content, have peace with the times where I don't feel like God's giving me what I want. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. Maybe think of Listen to your car. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like when I'm going through something hard, I can always have this mindset of like, God's not going to do anything with this until mm. after I get out of this phase. Mm. Um, and I think that just like, mm. I don't know, it really cheats me out of like being content during that yeah. time and like being with God and letting yeah. God do amazing things mm. through that hardship. Mm. Um, because I think like some other people say, like I kind of just wait yeah. until it gets over and then I'm like, okay, so what can I learn now? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of like really being like, yeah. Wow, y'all should be teaching these classes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, yeah, totally. You can feel like it can feel like God can be, you know, okay, when you when you get done with being in timeout, then we'll talk. <laughs> when you get done, you know, for, for going through your penance. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think uh, it's really easy for me to confuse happiness with contentment yeah. and just be like, oh, I'm not, like, really happy doing this. Or yeah. uh, in my day-to-day life, uh, you know, Bible study work, Bible study school, mm-hmm. it can get, like, very mundane. Yeah. Um, and I think I just need to focus more on, like, being content with doing God's work and just yeah. have that peace of knowing, like, this is God's work. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what I want Every time, but yeah. no amen. Wow. Man, y'all got some awesome perspectives and reasons for wanting to learn contentment. I think what's amazing about this godly character, because I think contentment is character, mm-hmm. is it applies to so many different ways and things that we, we deal with life and how we walk with God. And I know for me, um, I'll speak for myself, my issue with contentment is I want what I want. Like, that's it. Like, at the end of the day, I, I, that's it. I want it. I want it. I'm going to go after it. Uh, there's a couple guys in our, our ministry, and I didn't realize this, but I'm starting to get a little older. Like, like the freshmen come into college, and they're talking about, like, shows, and t- I'm just like, what is, what's going on? Like, like what's happening? Um, Alyssa talked about, like, how this person was listening to Weezer, and they were like, yeah, I just like listening to classic rock. I'm like... When did that become classic rock? What is wrong with y'all? But, but uh, so some of the guys in our ministry are teaching me how to play League of Legends. Well, it is like nerd to the max. Like sit down on your computer with the mouse. Oh my god, it's hilarious. But but once I learned how to play, I got so excited and so I'm like, hey, you want to play? Hey, you want to play? Hey, you want to play? And that's just the person I am. I want what I want. I'm gonna go after it. And so what I have a hard time with is I want to be in control. Yeah. I have a vision for my life. It's hard for me to re- relinquish control of that to God. Yeah. Yeah. I have an idea of what I want, and it's hard for me to trust God and to not be self-reliant. That, that's that's really what I struggle with contentment. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Yeah, for me, I think it's just like envy and jealousy, and I. And it's so casual. Like I don't even realize that I'm jealous, or I don't even realize that I'm envious. But that's gonna be the thing that's gonna take me out is my envy of other people. Because I take it so personally, like I can feel like, well, God, why do they get all these things and I'm over here? Like, this isn't fair. Like, and I can take it really personally. Like, okay, we should all get equal everything, right? And, <laughs> but I can feel so like, this is my best friend. And it's so hard for me to rejoice with her. Like, inwardly. Like, outwardly, I'm like, oh, yes! But inwardly, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I want, like, I can't even handle this because I'm so, like, why isn't God doing this for me? Or why isn't this happening? And I just feel this, like, inner battle. And, you know, the... The thing that comes to mind is, so we moved to Knoxville two years ago, and I have, like, all my best friends live in Atlanta, and I just had this terrible night, and I was like, I just moved my friends, and blah, 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 and I was, like, crying, and I was just like, I want to call my best friend, and FaceTime her, and so I, like, FaceTime Kirstie, and I, like, just want to talk to her, and then she's with, like, all of our best friends, like, they're all hanging out in one room, so they're all like, hey, and I was like, 
So what does the world say contentment is? Because I think that contentment in, in the world's eyes isn't something to be desired. It isn't something to be sought after. It isn't a character to be added to your character. So what does the world say contentment is? I want to hear some responses. Yeah, Nathan. I think it's settling. Settling. For like yeah. second best or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Like, a lot of me wants to say that contentment doesn't really exist in the world. I just feel like it's always like yeah. the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You yeah. do this, 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 and this. Yeah. I mean, we live in an incredibly materialistic society. Yeah. Right? I mean, I got an iPhone 6, and I'm just like, oh, when can I get an iPhone 10? Like, I, you know, it's just, we, we just, we always want more and more. Yes. Yeah. Dirty. agree with you guys the world says that contentment is an excuse for not achieving more yeah it's an excuse for not giving more it's an excuse to settle I love what Muna said it's tied to complacency it's tied to idleness it's tied to laziness mm-hmm. Co- contentment is like oh so you don't really want more for your life oh yeah. you're, you're just you're you don't really care what happens you have no ambition no yeah. desire that could be farther from what godly contentment is. And so, what is contentment? Contentment is character. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not being content with what you have. It's being content with Christ. Yeah. Right. It's, a, it's an inner strength. Mm-hmm. It's a divine confidence based on faithful truths mm-hmm. that God has given us. Faithful promises that God has given us. Yeah. Yeah, you want to share? Yeah, I think the world, I think it's a lot about what everyone said, but I also think contentment is like, it's like a fake contentment. Like, it's a fake I'm good. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I talk to people so many times, and they're like, yeah, this terrible thing happened to me, but I'm totally okay, and everything's fine, and I'm going to move on, and whatever. And I'm like, that's actually, like, still not contentment. Like, you're just faking it. And I think... um, the world thinks contentment as like almost like brush like not dealing with the issue like it's okay i mean we want to reach for contentment but if you have a moment of discontentment it's like okay just shove it under the rug it's not a big deal like we just have to be happy like we just have to be happy people move on let's go instead of like dealing with the issue of why right. you feel discontent right you guys ever seen kung fu panda yes. love kung fu panda so remember the first one um, you got you got Master Shifu. He's like inner peace, inner peace, and then just like you know, Poe just busts through the door or something crazy. Contentment is inner peace. It's an inner strength. It's a it's something that you carry with you into whatever situation that you're in that exudes from you. It doesn't come from the external world. You don't find contentment in things that are external. You find it in a relationship with God. You find it in a connection in deep walk with Jesus. Open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to look at a couple scriptures before we move on. 
First Timothy chapter six, in verse six. Give y'all a second. Her page is flipping. First Timothy six verse six. It says, "But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world." But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. There's nothing more rewarding than a relationship with God with contentment. It says godliness with contentment is great gain. I just think like finding that inner peace with God, there's, there's nothing. Contentment is an acceptance of God's will for you and a surrender to his plan and not your own. And if you can find that place with God, man, it's a great game. You didn't bring any, anything into this world, and you can't take anything out of this world. So find contentment with God. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Y'all with me? Yeah. 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 So as I read this passage, I want you guys to remember that what I said, that, that contentment is a divine confidence based on faithful promises from God. Because in Hebrews chapter 13, in verse 5, it says, Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. He says, keep your free from desire of wanting more and more and more because God has said, I will be your helper. You can find contempt in any situation if you know that God is going to take care of you. If you believe this passage and believe that God has your best interest in mind, that's hard. It's hard. We want what we want. And it's hard to process that. But ultimately, it's a humility and a willingness to say, okay, God, I'm not going to love all these other things that I'm looking for to fulfill me, but I'm going to trust you as my helper because you have said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a source of contentment. Anything to add to that, Ben? Okay. So I want to read something to you guys before we get into, we want to talk about Paul. But I've, this is from a book called the art of divine contentment. And I think it's pretty profound what it has to say. It says, God sees in his infinite wisdom that the same condition is not suitable for all. That which is good for one may be bad for another. One season of weather will not serve all men's occasions. One needs sunshine, another rain. One condition of life will not fit every man. No more than one suit of apparel will fit everybody. Prosperity is not fitting for all, neither is adversity. If one man is brought low, perhaps he can bear it better than another can. He has greater supply of grace, more faith, more patience. Another man is seated in an eminent place of dignity. He is better suited for it. Perhaps it is a place that requires a greater measure of judgment, which everyone is not capable of. Perhaps he, is, he can use his home better and open his heart to other people better. The wise God sees that condition to be bad for one, which is good for another. Hence it is he who places men in different orbs and spheres, some higher, some lower. One man desires health. God sees sickness is better for him. God will work out health out of sickness by bringing the body to death. Another man desires liberty. 
But God sees restraint better for him. He will work his liberty by restraint. When his feet are bound, his heart shall be most enlarged. Do we believe this? Am I going to be a devoted child or a rebel? I love what that passage has to say. God has, God has a plan for each one of your lives. But are you surrendered to it? Do you trust God enough for what he has in store for you? To let him have control and you not take control. I desire to be in front of people and big crowds and I want all this attention and all this stuff. But God sees it better for me to be in a small church in Knoxville, Tennessee. I got to be content with that. What is it for you? Maybe it's your sin. But God, why me? Why do I got to be the one that struggles with this? Why, why can't I go to fellowship without getting prideful? Why, why is my heart just so hardened to, to impurity? What is it? Why, what is it for you that you are not surrendered to God about and trusting Him to take you to places that He wants you to be instead of you trying to work out your own salvation for your own hands and you trying to work out your own life in the way that you want it to be because God put you in the family that you're in for a reason. Yeah. He put you in the school that you're in for a reason. He put you in the friend group. He put you in the job. He put you in all the circumstances. I don't know what your life condition is. I have an anxiety disorder. I went undiagnosed for probably about a decade. And I got married and it came out. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Alyssa and I were talking and she was like, how do we make it through the first year? Like, like you were just crazy. I'm like, no, I was. That was crazy. I'm glad I got some meds. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I can get so frustrated. Why, why is it so hard for me to talk to people? Why is it so hard? Why do I get so nervous? Why am I so anxious? Why do I get so emotional about all these things? Imagine what we would miss in the Bible if God didn't use emotional men. We wouldn't have the Psalms. Paul was emotional, right? I mean, where would we be without men that God can use for what he's given them? And I think a lot of times, men specifically, the world looks down on men who have emotion and desire to express it and use it. But we gotta be content with who we are and how God has created us. And I'm not saying that means that's an entitlement to not change. I think that's when you go after something in your heart and your character so diligently and you just get frustrated and feel like you're beating your head up against the wall, that's when, those are the things that you got to trust God to take care of. And you got to be willing to surrender and let God do what he's got to do. So let's look at Paul's life, okay? Open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 because if there was a man who was content and had any reason to not be content, I think it was Paul. How about you guys? Yeah, yeah I mean, Paul went through a lot. So let's look at some things that he went through and then we'll see what he had to say about his, his experience through all of those things. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Thanks for the encouragement. The more you give, the more I give. That's how it works. Okay? Um, yes. Feed me. Um, 2 Corinthians 11. And as I read, as I read these scriptures, I'll probably pause and just say things, but I'm not like, like I'll just, I'll, I'll make little comments. So just kind of be prepared for that. Um, all right. So in 2 Corinthians 11. This is Paul talking about what people boast in and what people find confidence in. And, and he had very little reason 
defined confidence in his situation, or he could have found a lot of arrogance or self-righteousness in what he went through for the Lord. But I think, I think we'll learn a lot by seeing what he went through. In verse, in verse 17, I believe it is, it says, In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind if I talk like this because I am a more, I'm more of a servant of Christ. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Five times this man was beaten within an inch of his life with a whip. What do you think went through his mind the second time he was going to get whipped? Ah, oh, crap. Like, this is really going to hurt. But imagine the third time and the fourth time, and the fifth time. Do you think Paul had a reason to not be content in those moments? Do you think he had a reason, as he was getting beaten within an inch of his life, that he could say, God, do I really believe this? Do I really believe your promise in the face of such adversity? Do I believe what you have in store for me, and the plan you have for me, in spite of the adversity, the persecution, and the hard times that I am facing? I think he had every reason to not believe it. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Y'all ever seen Shark Week? <laughs> this dude was shipwrecked three times. I don't want to be in the open ocean with sharks. This man was exposed. He says, I spent a night and day in the open sea. Imagine that. Imagine 24 hours in the open ocean. No land in sight. You're just holding on to a piece of lumber. What went through his mind? Yeah. What was that conversation like with God? How in the world could Paul find contentment in a situation like that? Yeah. Dehydrated. No food. Friends drowned around him. And yet he's there. What, what, what reason could he have had? I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers. In dangers of bandits. In danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. Do you know what it feels like to never feel safe? No. Imagine, imagine just sleeping with one eye open every single night because you got Jews that, that want to that wanna put you in jail because you're a convert to the way. You got bandits out on the open road and the highway. They're going to rob you of your... Y'all see Walking Dead, right? Y'all know it's like when there's bandits and people out there that are just stealing people's resources. This, this was his life. He was constantly in fear, constantly in danger. And yet, we'll see what he has to say about it later on. I have labored and I have toiled and I have gone often without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concerns for the church. Who is, we, who is weak and I don't feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? 
He, he, which one of you feels like you're struggling with something? I do too, is what he's saying. Which one of you is, you're tired, you're hungry, you're, you're not content, you want this thing, you want that thing, you want this relationship, you want to be this sports athletic superstar, you want, and I don't deal with that, is what he's saying. If I must boast, I will boast in the things that show my weakness. I will boast in the things that God has ordained for me because he is my confidence and I am content in him. I am content in Jesus. Let's, look, let's see what he has to say about all this in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. You know, I think this passage is Paul's secret to contentment. Alright? If y'all want the secret, y'all came to this class and have all these issues with contentment. We see Paul, his example. This is the secret. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for the secret of contentment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Starting in verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So we read over the secret in that. I don't know if you caught it. In verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That's it. Prayer. Prayer is the secret to contentment. What do you want in life? Tell it to God. What do you desire? Talk to God about it. Your request. You know what I I request of Alyssa? Can I play a video game? (laughs) That's a request. I want want to play a video game. But I have a wife. And so she's got to allow me to play it. I'm saying that as an example of what do you want? It's okay to want things. But ask God. And don't be anxious about it. And trust what he has in store for you. In all situations, present your request to God. You know, it makes me think of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. What does that say? Who knows what that says? Boom. We know that all things work for the good of those who love God. That's what gives you peace that protects you. Peace which transcends all understanding. It says it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What does a guard do? 
protects, right? It actively seeks out danger. It actively seeks out threats and eliminates them to whatever it's trying to protect. Your prayer life is your active peace that surpasses understanding. It is your guard that will protect you from not being content. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you see yourself getting frustrated, getting overwhelmed, getting discontent with whatever situation, you've got to go back to your prayer life. Yeah. How much are you actually laying your request before God? How are you in prayer and petitioning letting God know? And then he goes on to say, as you're praying, think about these things, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable. And here's what I don't think he's saying. I don't think he's saying replace your thoughts with these thoughts. I think what he's saying is filter your thoughts and convert them to these thoughts. Because I don't know about you, it's hard for me to think through these kinds of things. But as you make your request to God, as you pray and talk with God, you filter your mind through the promises of God. And if you filter your mind through the promises of God, you're, you can't help but think about what's true, yeah. what's noble, what's pure, what's lovely, right? And then he says, again, he reiterates, this secret is if you do this, the God of peace will be with you. If you present your request, if you pray, this is how I got through it. This is how I got through five lashings. So I got through getting beaten with three rods, or rods three different times. It's how I got through being shipwrecked. It's how I got through being hungry and constantly anxious and constantly in, in fear of my life. Because he says, don't be anxious about anything, but through prayer and petition, let your request be made, made known to God. Yeah. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. If you have a deep walk with God and a contentment in your relationship with Jesus... What, what reason do you have to not be at peace when you let God know everything that you so desire? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I think that is directly tied to what we just read about prayer. Yeah. He gets his strength from Jesus. He gets his strength from letting God know what he wants and what he desires. My wife's going to share some of her thoughts. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Which um, sorry. Yeah, I think that when I like when we started setting this out, and I started looking over all these things that Paul was writing, you know, to different churches and through his different struggles and sufferings, and just through it all, I think the thing that stuck out stuck out to me was just Paul is just captivated by Jesus, like captivated like there's no plan b there's nothing better out there there's no other hope there's no other um want there's there's nothing it's just jesus and we see it throughout all of his letters if you read through his writings you can just tell like how many times he brings up jesus how many times he brings up his hope in jesus and to me i'm like that is so challenging I, I want to be captivated, you know, like I, I don't want to just like, oh, you know, I love you, God, and, and then live my life. I want my life to just be captivated by Jesus. Just, I just can't get away from my hope in Jesus. And, and I think it's so easy to put our hope in so many other things in this world. I mean, success or I don't even know, success, relationships, school, money. Um, some, for some of you, it's like ministry stuff. Like, how many people, you know, am I helping or reaching out to? Or, 
you know, do I look good in front of these people? Am I singing loud? Am I singing enough? Do I, you know, how am I performing? But, you know, like, what are you measuring your success by? Because ultimately, what Nick read in um, 2 Timothy, he says, godliness with contentment is great gain. That God actually cares about your character. Like, that's what he cares about. And he wants you to have a godly character. He doesn't want you to, I mean, he wants you to help people become Christians or, you know, share your faith or reach out to your family. But he wants you to be like him. Those things will come if you focus on being like him, I think. And so I really just see, you know, like he says that for him, Christ is enough. You know, you go back in Philippians 3, he talks about everything is meaningless besides Jesus. And I'm like, how many times am I going to read Philippians 3 until I get it for myself? Until I believe that Jesus is enough for me. Because I love Jesus. I spend time with him every day. And I just think, you know, I want to be more like him. But do I believe he's enough for me? Like if everything fell apart, would I be okay? Um, In 2 Timothy, sorry, I'm referencing a lot. But in 2 Timothy, there's this part where Paul talks about all the people that have deserted him. And he, like, lists, like, ten people. And he's like, this person left, and this person, you know, and he keeps going on. He's like, but then he says, but God strengthened me and stayed with me the whole time. And I read that, and I was like, whoa. Because if everyone left me, I would feel like, man, God, what's going on? Like, I have no friends. I don't, you know, I don't have this relationship. I don't have that. But he says, it's okay, because God strengthened me. So then I go back, is Jesus enough for me? Is he really enough for me? Um, In Philippians 4, what Nick just read, you know, the passage that, the part that really stuck out to me is where, how it says, live, like, I've learned how to live in plenty and live in want, right? And so when I read that, the thing that, like, hit me, I think Tony touched on this, is that, okay, we are going to have wants, kind of what Nick said, too, like, we're going to have desires. Like, we're going to want things. That's not a bad thing. But sometimes I can feel like, oh, I just shouldn't want this, you know? Like, I shouldn't want this relationship. In college, I feel like maybe I wanted a boyfriend, but no, 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 just don't even want one. Or, you know, don't want that. Don't want more success. Like, okay, that's not actually the answer either. Just yeah. to just disregard everything. And, okay, just don't want anything. Just be idle. I think Paul is saying here, like, he learned how to be content even when he was wanting something. Um, And so I want to look at a passage, and I was, like, going back and forth because it's not Paul. (laughs) I know he said Paul, but I just love it so much. And in 1 Samuel um, chapter 1, I'm not going to read the whole thing because of time, but I would really recommend, like, especially for you women, to go back and read this passage. It has helped me in so many moments of my life that I just, I like, can't wait to meet Hannah in heaven one day because I just want to be like, I love you so much. Um, But so Hannah here in 1 Samuel, she is just like so desperate for a child. And she's married um, to Elkanah. And Elkanah has another wife who has kids. And Hannah just can't have a child. And they are trying, and nothing happens. And for years and years, she walks, and she worships God, and she asks God for a child, and nothing. And even it says that the Lord, like, closed her womb, that she actually, like, the Lord decided she couldn't have children, right? And I think that can be a really hard concept for me, and I think for us 
as women, like, why wouldn't God want that for me? Like, I'm just his perfect little angel or something. Like, like why wouldn't, you know, God just wants the best for all of us. But I love the what Nick read in the book about how things, God picks what's suited for us. Like, yeah, yeah. it is personal because he's a personal God. And it's, it's not personal in an attacking way. It's in a personal, in a loving way. Like, he knows what's suited for us. Yeah. And so, you know, it says here that God like closed her womb like she couldn't have children and the other wife is like tormenting her and is like I don't know what happened but I just imagine her just being the worst and just being like you can't have kids like I'm better like blah 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 and Hannah just continues to worship God continues to worship God and you know we don't know why God chose to not let Hannah have kids but we see but from the rest of the whole Bible he does things for our character refinement and he does things for his glory. And I think, you know, this was Hannah's biggest desire, and we see it in this passage. But I think what I get from that is that God, like, isn't here to please us. Right. Like, we're here to please him. Right. But sometimes we can get so into, like, God's supposed to make me happy. And we would never actually verbalize that. Like, God, why are you making me happy? But, like, in our prayers or, like, the way that we talk about things, we feel like we deserve something or that we're supposed to be, yeah, just happy because we're Christians and God made us happy. But then you look at Paul's life and you're like, okay, maybe not. (laughs) Um, But I think that, yeah, like, we're, like, if we have that perspective change of, like, God's not here to just please us and give everything that we want because he could do that. So he's obviously not. And so we have to really have the perspective of, wow, like, I'm here to please God. Like, that's my sole purpose in life. It's not the other way around. Um, but in verse um, 15, it says, so Hannah, like, I think she, like, has this moment where she really, really wants to, like, wrestle it out with God. She's been going and worshiping and praying about this for years. And in verse 15, um, Eli thinks Hannah's drunk because she's like praying it like so like passionately and um, she's not, uh, sorry first Samuel 1 and in verse 15 it says but Hannah answered no my lord I am a woman troubled in spirit I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord do not regard your servant as a worthless woman for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went then the woman went her way and ate, and, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord, and then they went back to their house. But okay, so I love this passage, but the thing that really sticks out to me is that Hannah goes and she pours out her request to God, like Nick was saying um, in Philippians 4. Like, she she says, like, I'm pouring out my soul to God. Like, just, like, dumping it out. Like, take everything. Like, here's everything I want. Here's everything I feel. And she's, like, distraught. Like, she's not happy. Like, she wasn't, the passage before, or the verses before, said she wasn't even eating. She was so distraught. But then she, like, prays and pours out her soul. And then she's, it says she's no longer sad. And I'm like, wow, that was a big jump. Like, it takes me a while. But I, like, get so convicted by this because that's that's contentment. Like, right. you pour it out for God, like, before God, and you're like, God's got me. 
Mm-hmm. No matter what the circumstance, mm-hmm. no matter what the answer, yes. he's got me. And it's like that trust, mm-hmm. that inner trust of, okay, like I can do this. Yeah. I can still worship God. I can still give him my whole heart, even if I don't get everything I need yeah. or want from this. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing for me is that she walks away like no longer sad without any answers. Like it's not like an angel came down or someone said, okay, now you're pregnant. Now you get your baby. And then she was like, oh, great. You know, she walked away happy because she prayed and she got what she wanted. She walked away without any answers. She didn't know. She didn't know if God was going to grant her request or not. She didn't know what was next for her future. She didn't know if this other wife was going to keep tormenting her she just didn't know. And that's the hardest thing for me to be content is, is like, okay, am I going to pour out my soul before God? And then I just kind of feel vulnerable, and I'm just, like, walking around, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? But do I really pour out my soul before God and then say, okay? Like, do I end it with an, okay, amen? Yeah. God knows. He's got it. I've got to be, like, that's contentment because it's not about being content and the things that we have, but being content with who we have. Mm -hmm. And it's with God that we have this relationship. And I think for me, I just, I love this story and just really remembering like, okay, I'm going to pour out my soul before God and really walk away even like content, even if I don't have answers. Because again, I think it it's such it's a character thing. Like contentment is not a I don't know, like it's not just like another thing that you can just do or I, it's not something that someone can necessarily even teach you yeah. because it's so personal between you and God yeah. that you have to really fight and really wrestle and really figure it out for yourself of how you need to be content because it doesn't talk like being content isn't being idle like it's it's not like like nick was saying like oh i you know i always struggle with this sin but it's just who i am so i mean like that's not contentment either because you have to like continually work on your character it's a contentment of the grace that god has given you and and i think that you know for me i always have to really be fighting to grow in my character and really rem- having the bigger perspective of my hope is in heaven yeah. and my hope isn't anything here on earth yeah. and so um, for me I just yeah I really feel like God is always teaching me about contentment I can always find it in situations and it always has to go back to like my godliness and my character and not the things that I'm doing or seeing so Get up for my wife. How faithful are you to the promises of God? Do you believe them? Do they define you? Do they define the way you look at the world in spite of circumstances? When you see your life, do you see God's promises or do you see what's right in front of you? It's a huge, huge part. Contentment is an active, divine process between you and God. I love what, what my wife shared. For me, I've really had to wrestle with this with this passage in Matthew chapter 6. It says, uh, it says in verse 7, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, 
for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Before you even talk to God, He knows exactly what you need. In light of that, this is how you should pray. That's what Jesus instructs. In light of God having your best interests at heart, knowing exactly what you need, this is how you, pray, how you should pray. And so I ask again, how faithful are you to the promises of God? How surrendered are you to God's plan for you? Whether it's to go abroad internationally and live somewhere, whether it's to stay right at home, Nashville, Tennessee, whatever you want to say, what's God's plan for you? Are you surrendered to it? Do you boast in your weaknesses because they show God's power? Because they show God's strength? Do you submit your requests to God in a way that leads you without anxiety and with peace that surpasses understanding? Guys, we, we love you all dearly and, and hope and pray that you take time to read through Philippians 4, to read through 1 Samuel, and see the process that Paul is laying out, that if you let God know about your request, knowing that he works the good for those that love him, that he knows exactly what you need before you even ask him, and you let your request be made known to God, you can find peace that surpasses understanding. Yeah. You can find a way to process your thoughts in a way that you think about things that are above and not are, that are not here. And ultimately, you find yourself saying, I've learned the secret to be content in any and every circumstance, because I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Thanks, guys. That's our lesson.